Our first reading for today is from the 24th chapter of Joshua. Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates, Terah, the father of Abraham, and of Nahor, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau, and I gave Esau the hill country of Seir to possess. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt, and I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt with what I did in the midst of it, and afterward I brought you out. Then I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came out to the sea. And the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. And when they cried to the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and made the sea come upon them and cover them. And your eyes saw what I did in Egypt. You lived in the wilderness a long time. Then I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived on the other side of the Jordan. They fought with you. And I gave them into your hand, and you took possession of their land, and I destroyed them before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and fought against Israel. And he sent and invited Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not listen to Balaam. Indeed, he blessed you. So I delivered you out of his hand. You went over the Jordan and came to Jericho. The leaders of Jericho fought against you, and also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And I gave them into your hand, and I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out before you, the two kings of the Amorites. It was not by your sword or by your bow. I gave you a land on which you had not labored, and cities that you had not built, and you dwell in them. You eat the fruit of vineyards and olive orchards that you did not plant. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up From the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did those great signs in our sight, and preserved us in all the way that we went, and among all the peoples through whom we passed. The Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. 
But Joshua said to the people, You are not able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. He said, Then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and his voice we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and put in place statutes and rules for them at Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. And he took a large stone and set it up there under the terebinth that was by the way the sanctuary of the Lord. Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness against us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord that he spoke to us. Therefore it shall be a witness against you, lest you deal falsely with your God. So Joshua sent the people away, every man to his inheritance. After these things, Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. And they buried him in his own inheritance at Timnah-Surah, which is in the hill country of Ephraim, north of the mountain of Gash. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, and had known all the work that the Lord did for Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the 13th chapter of Acts. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salome, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. When they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they came upon a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Eilemus, the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, Full of all deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now, behold, 
The hand of the Lord is upon you. You will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately mist and darkness fell upon him. and He went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred. For he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue our recitation of the small catechism with confession. What is the office of the keys? The office of the keys is that special authority which Christ has given to his church on earth to forgive the sins of repentant sinners, but to withhold forgiveness from the unrepentant as long as they do not repent. Where is this written? This is what St. John the Evangelist writes in chapter 20. The Lord Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. What do you believe according to these words? I believe that when the called ministers of Christ deal with us by his divine command, in particular when they exclude openly unrepentant sinners from the Christian congregation and absolve those who repent of their sins and want to do better, this is just as valid and certain, even in heaven, as if Christ, our dear Lord, dealt with us himself. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today in our portion on confession, we run across one of the more gracious gifts that our Heavenly Father has given to his church. We know our Lord works through, of course, baptism and the Lord's Supper. But he also does something very special and unique through confession in which he forgives us of our sins. And this is not something that we have earned or deserved. It truly is a gift, just as much as the Lord's Supper is a gift to you. So also is the forgiveness that we're given. And I think Luther really summed it up so well when he he wrote this. The office of the keys is that special authority which Christ has given to his church on earth to forgive the sins of repentant sinners, but to withhold forgiveness from the unrepentant as long as they do not repent. This is something given to us by Christ, of course, earned by Christ, but given to us. And all throughout the history of the, of the church, going all the way back in the Old Testament, God has emphasized this fact that what he does for us and what he gives to us is a gift. Even back here, what we read today from Joshua, everything was a gift that God's people enjoyed when they went through the Exodus. And God went through and recounted all of that here through the book of Joshua, uh, that everything he did, it was his work and his actions given to them freely. I want to reread to you just a couple sentences here that really highlight this graciousness of God. And I gave all of these, your enemies, into your hand. It was not by your sword or by your bow. I gave you a land on which you had not labored. 
and cities that you had not built, and you dwell in them. You eat the fruit of vineyards and olive orchards that you did not plant. I mean, just imagine that. Once God's people left Egypt, crossed through the Red Sea, and came into the land of Israel, there's a period of time in which God was giving over all of those, those false nations, those nations that were worshiping false gods. And he was giving all of that to the people of Israel. And that they should never lose sight of that. And never think that they earned it or that they deserved it. So that, as God said, even the land they were on, it's land they didn't labor for. And the cities that they are living in, the houses they're living in, they didn't build. And as God said, you are eating fruit of vineyards and olive orchards that you did not plant. Other people planted them. Everything that God's people were enjoying in this new land of Israel was given to them by God. Everything. From the land they were standing on to literally the houses they were living in to the orchards and the fruit that they were eating, all of it was given to them by God. Unfortunately, we can lose sight of this sometimes. We would think of the houses that we built. And if we have gardens, we planted the gardens. Well, sure. You paid to have someone build your house. And you planted some seeds, but it's God that made them grow, right? We can't take credit for anything that we have. Everything that we have, no matter what part we played in it, it's still a gift to us by God, given to us freely, all by grace. And what we see with the people of Israel enjoying, this is just a foretaste of what was going to come soon in Christ. So that even the salvation that the people are given, it wasn't earned. Salvation is a gift. And as we read today with the confession of sins, the forgiveness. Well, we're, we're not, we don't deserve forgiveness. We didn't work to have forgiveness. The forgiveness is something we receive as a gift. It's given to you. It was earned by God, by the work of Christ, given to you. And even the eternal life that we all look forward to one day, and all Christians do, we didn't merit this. We didn't work for it. Even the eternal life that we will enjoy one day is a gift to us from Christ, who's truly the one who's worked for it, truly the one who earned it and deserved it, and then gives it to you. So whenever we're reading through the Old Testament, we're thinking about the homes that these Israelites are living in. It's a gift to them. As we're reading through the confession of sins and what this is, remember, given to you. That forgiveness is given freely as a gift. Whether it's with what we enjoy in the Lord's Supper or baptism or in confession, everything is a gift to us by God. All done and deserved because of the work of Christ and what he's done, which is given to you freely, all by grace. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.